Biggest Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on the Biggest Bad Boys of Podcasting and you're listening to part two of our interview with Damien Drake. Damien is taking on Matt Vandergriff, his former partner in the unguided we covered in part one the history of damian drake and matt vandegriff meeting and becoming friends right now we're going to look at them becoming one of the more popular tag teams in fsw history the unguided when we were last talking damian you guys were put together as a tag team by conan down in AAA, and you had a car ride back from Mexico in which you guys started talking about the ideas that would be the Seeds planet for the Unguided. How quickly did the Unguided come together, and how hard was it to sell the idea to the owner of FSW, Joe DeFalco? Well, I can tell you it wasn't really that hard to sell it to Joe. He, I think, once he heard the idea of Matt and I together as a tag team, it was like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. But going, kind of going back to creating the tag team and everything, on that car ride home, like I said, we were building it from the ground up with the name, the look, what we were going to do in the ring, you know, how I, how I was going to be, how he was going to be. We didn't really get the idea of doing the purge theme until two days later talking to D'Lo Brown, actually. Originally, we were going to call ourselves the lost ones and it was kind of somewhat of a play on the lost boys the, sure. the original lost boys in the 80s with Corey Feldman and everything if there's any vampire movie i will like be a diehard fan of it is the lost boys yeah sorry to all twilight fans out there but to me vampires don't sparkle vampires <laughs> catch on fire so it was a play on kind of the lost boys and i've always been a big fan of the 80s so i kind of wanted to do somewhat of an 80s look you know just that whole feel, but I didn't want to do so far out there with the eighties because I Delilah is kind of was doing that and still is doing that. Right. So I wanted to kind of do a whole new school eighties look. There's that whole eighties aspect, but it's very updated. It's very to the the new generation and everything, you know. So we were going to be the lost ones and talking to Dilo and everything, and he was like, "Oh, it's kind of sounds generic. I like what you guys are trying to do." And this is when kind of like the cut up jeans came in. You know, and the bright colors started to. He liked the idea, and we both liked the idea of like being very bright and colorful. But we want like we really had big chips on our shoulders when we were creating this too, because at that time we felt like we weren't getting really the same looks as like a Chris Bay was getting. And uh, it was really D'Lo. He was like, he was like, what if you guys do the Purge? And I'm a big horror movie fan, so I was like, yeah, I watched the Purge. It's like, yeah, what if you do that? You get the masks and. You know, you still stick with this and everything. I was just like, that's kind of actually a really good idea. But Taya and Morrison kind of did a Halloween theme for that. And Dilo was like, do it. Who cares? So so we went with it. Yeah, so that's what we did. We had the first mask. I had the green. He had the purple. And the logo even, too, is uh, kind of a play on the, the Nirvana yeah. smiley logo. Yeah. You know, the X's with the squiggly and the tongue. We just took out the tongue and, you know, made it just this, this sharp squiggly. We were really playing with a lot of aspects of what we liked and enjoyed. Nirvana and kind of the rock star vibe in a way, you know. And uh, that's really how it kind of all came about. We could, we knew we weren't going to really be horror guys. For us, we didn't really have that scary aspect. But we just knew we were going to come swinging 
And that's where kind of the weapons came in as well, too, with sure. the bat and the chair and everything. We were like, okay, like, let's really play on Purge in that aspect. And that's kind of really how the Purge started. It was a mixture of our ideas with D'Lo ideas. And then, of course, once we told Joe, hey, what do you think? Joe is like, yes. Once the hype video started playing, did you guys feel that the videos really represented what you guys were trying to convey as the characters? Did you feel when you guys finally came out as the unguided, you guys got the response you were looking for? What we felt really, and it wasn't really, we're going to come and hit kids with baseball bats in the back of the head that's that's not really what it was obviously he's fine he's still here to me it was really me saying i'm not playing games anymore we're coming swinging and that's what a lot of the videos were i remember specifically the first time we came out and we were still trying to hide our identity the lights went out and this is when we jumped sky high i remember very vividly when the lights went out and everybody went oh it was at that moment I looked at Matt in the mask. Like, if you can imagine the dark mask light up, I literally looked at him and asked him, are they really enjoying this right now? And he even looked at me and was like, I think they are. And then we go out, we do the thing. If you go back and watch it and listen, majority of the crowd cheered what we did to Sky High and the Suavecitos. But there's like very few that were like, ooh. We were kind of, at that moment, we were kind of like, I think they're going to like us because we like we really didn't want to be liked. So then when it came time to us actually having our very first match that I do not like talking about because it was probably one of the worst matches I've ever had. I think that was really the only time they booed us. And then as we gradually started doing more and more matches and everything, once we were leading up to the tag titles against Shogun and Kenny, everybody started cheering more and more. It was very mixture by the time we had the tag title match against Shogun and Kenny. There was a little bit where they were with us. But they, it was like they didn't know if they wanted to be with us, if that makes sense. Yeah. We still just kind of ran with what we did. We didn't really change anything. We didn't really change the attitude. And it was really never, our attitude was never really towards the fans. Right. Our attitude was really more towards the locker room and the promoters. It wasn't really a big middle finger to everybody. It was really more of just like, if you guys didn't pay attention to us singles, well, you're going to pay attention to us now that we're together. Once they got that message... Then everybody started to notice and then everybody started to see like, oh, really, these guys are playing around, you know, and that was kind of the, and that was the momentum we went off of the moment we won the tag titles against Shogun and Kenny. And they were kind of shocked at first, but then everybody started cheering. And I remember like Matt and I were next to each other and I was just kind of like, dude, I, I, I was like, I don't think we're going to get these people to hate us. <laughs> like at that moment. So we, we ran with the ball. And like I said, we didn't change our attitude or anything. And then the run we had with the titles going into WrestleMania weekend in Tampa for GCW as the tag champions and, and just still kind of running with it. Fans just kind of grew from there more and more, you know, and we really started getting a lot more eyes on us. And that's... It's, some, it's something I will I will never really forget, you know. And it was really around that weekend was actually the weekend I got hurt. What was your thoughts going through your head? Well, it's it, it's kind of weird how I got injured. So, like I said, I got injured like Tampa weekend. We wrestled, I, if I remember correctly, we wrestled a Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday we didn't really have anything else, so we really just chilled and hung out Saturday and Sunday. So I, I remember waking up uh, Saturday morning, my shoulder, my my right, like not even really my shoulder, like my whole arm just felt real tight, and stiff. You know, like if you kind of like shock it, you can't really move it. You know, like really 
level with your chest. So that was kind of the feeling I had. So that whole Saturday, I just kind of sat there. I iced it. I did everything I, I normally would think of to do. Like I took, you know, some aspirin and everything. I was really trying to stretch it and move it. And I really couldn't pinpoint at all. Like even going back and watching the matches I had, I, I could, I really couldn't tell you or pinpoint it when I was just, I just that whole, the rest of that weekend, it just felt real tight and stiff. And I did go get it looked at. Nothing was wrong at that time. Um, but I did get injections to kind of help loosen the muscle and everything. And it felt great after for like a good month or two. Once uh, summer summer hit is when it really started to kind of is when I really started to take its toll. There were days I'd go to bed uncomfortable and then there would be mornings I would wake up. I didn't want to like move at all. And then it was in those moments before I even got to go looked at, I called Matt and I was like, dude, I don't really know. I think I I think my shoulder might be really messed up. He was like, how does it feel? And I kind of explained it to him. He's like, dude, I think it's best if you go get it looked at. I talked to my mom and my dad too. And, you know, they were like, what does Matt say? They were like, and I told him, he was like, you should go get it looked at. So I went and got it looked at. I got a second x-rays. I got a second MRI. After that second MRI, the week I was waiting to go back for the results felt like a year. I, I just, I, I had no idea like what was going on. You know, I, I kind of had to stop training. I had to stop going to the gym because I just, I didn't really know. Like I would try to do icy hot. I would do KT tape. I would take aspirin or ibuprofen to really help out with the pain. It would work for like 10 minutes. And then that was it. Once I went in, got the results and they told me like, it's going to be like rotator cuff surgery. And of course I already knew because I kind of researched <laughs> like yeah. what it possibly could be and just hearing what the time frame would be. So I was trying to like prepare myself. But once they told me like, you know, you're possibly going to be out for almost like six months. That's where it kind of like it like it really it, like crushed me. Uh, and it wasn't really for the fact that I was crushed. I was going to stop doing what I love doing. But I felt like I, I personally I felt like I, I, I let down Matt. You know, cause we just got the titles and we're having this awesome run. And now we have to like, I have to tell them like, Hey, I I'm, I'm going to be out, you know, like even talking about it right now, like it's, it's still kind of hard, you know, granted it's been almost four months, you know, but those, those feelings, like for me in general, those feelings really stay, you know, cause I'm, I really don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to, don't really want to ever show weakness yeah. at all ever you know so you know when i had to tell him i i the first thing that th came to my head when i when i was like if I, like when i tell him sorry if i'm like jumbling my words right now the first thing that came to my head when i when i was like when i tell him this like i thought he was gonna be angry i thought he's gonna be like dude like what They're like why you know but like he just it was the complete opposite. He just was silent and like he, he brought me in and like gave me the biggest hug. And he was just like, look, man, whatever you need, whatever, whatever you need help with, like I, I will be there for you. You know, I, I will help you out as best as I can. And then fast forward, you know, now we have to come out and we have to vacate the titles and everything. That was the hardest day for me, really. And uh, that was really the hardest time I ever spoke on the mic or just spoken in front of people in general because everybody has seen me grow since I've been here and they've, you know, seen what I've done. And what was really killing me is that Matt was next to me the whole time. And again, like, even though he said he wasn't angry or anything, like, I still felt like in a way 
I was letting him down, but now it felt like I was letting everyone else down too. And it really kind of, it really kind of messed with my head a little bit, but it, it also really, in the end, it really pushed me, you know, after the surgery, it really pushed me to get back uh, as quickly as I could. That was probably honestly like for seven, for doing this for almost seven and a half years, almost eight years. Like that's probably the toughest thing I've ever had to deal with was telling, was telling him I'm going to be gone. We gotta, we have to drop this, you know, cause I didn't know what his reaction was going to be, but what he did give me as a reaction, it was probably the great, it was, that was really the, the defining moment of like, this is my brother right there. Like that was like, this is my brother and I will do anything for him. Just like he said he would do for me. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be end part two. This next part, part three, when you guys listen to it, um, you're going to hear a little bit about what happened during that time that Damien was out and Matt was on his own. The comeback when uh, Damien did make his return to the ring and the betrayal. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, we'll see you next time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. 